Everybody, welcome to Hope Radio, Dave Therian. Don't forget the Hope Club podcast where you can catch these messages anytime. Anytime on demand, you know, catch them driving into work, driving home, running errands, laying around, whatever you like to do. Get a good constant intake of God's Word. You know, there are a host of things that people like to talk about, right? They like to talk about their children. Oh, their grandchildren. People like to talk about work. They like to talk about the fish that got away. Even Jesus talked about these things when he taught his disciples. He talked about fishing, talked about farming, baking, used all those illustrations to convey divine truth. Now, interestingly enough, there are also some things that people do not want to talk about. And yet, Jesus wasn't shy about talking about those particular things. And though people don't want to talk about certain things, it's still a big part of our reality. Denying something doesn't mean, number one, it's not there, and number two, it's not important, and number three, it's not going to happen. Denying has no power at all, and yet there are things that people deny themselves and refuse to talk about, or they refuse to want to learn about it, as if that makes it go away, and it doesn't. Today, I begin a new series entitled, The Hottest Subject in the World. And it's going to be a very short two-part series. In our time together today, we will seek to answer the question, is hell real? Again, it's a topic people don't want to talk about. Maybe right now, clicks are being heard, turning it off. I don't want to hear about that. Well, you know, I don't want to hear about my dentist, but I still have to go. <laughs> Some people don't want to hear about their surgery, but they still have to go and get the surgery. There are things in life, and they're real. We can't escape them. So the reality is, many of those who believe it does exist may never see it. And those who believe it doesn't exist will experience it for all of eternity. Some people say they're experiencing hell on earth right now. Well, maybe their life is hard, and maybe it seems like hell. But hell is not on the earth. That is not the geographic location of hell. Jesus said in Matthew twenty-five forty-one that there's going to come a judgment. And he's going to say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones into the eternal fire, which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. So when you think about hell, it wasn't created with the intention of man residing there. Not at all. It was created for Satan and his rebellious angels. So as we continue in this topic, we'll see what's the relationship between man and hell. Four things that we see here in this passage. Number one, it is a place. Yes, it's a place. Jesus said it's a place prepared. 
Okay? Number two, it's forever. He said it was eternal. It means it lasts forever. Number three, it's prepared for Satan and his angels. That's why it exists. But number four, there will also be a great separation of mankind and a portion, sadly to say, a large portion of mankind. We'll go there. And again, the subject of hell is so disheartening to some people, they refuse to entertain the thought about what happens after I die. How many people do you think don't care? I think most people. I think most people don't care about what happens when they die. You know why? Because they don't want to know. They don't want to know because they're afraid. See, when we don't understand something, we become afraid of it. And then when we fear it, we deny it and we avoid it and stay away. But again, that doesn't change the reality of it. We have to remember that when God made Adam, he breathed into him the breath of lives. Adam's soul came alive, and the soul lives forever. And every one of us, when we're born, we're born with a soul. There's a part of us that lives forever. And that's why the question is not, will I live forever? It's, where will I live forever? Now, there are other biblical terms for the afterlife. The Hebrew word sheol speaks of the grave. Hades, a Greek word, speaks of the underworld. There are two compartments of Hades, paradise and torments. Then there's Tartarus. It's the holding tank of the angels that sinned in Genesis 6. So God created this, and no one understands it better than him. No one can understand eternity like Jesus Christ. And yet he's done all that was possible to help mankind escape from the reality of hell. He's done everything he could. And by the way, there's the word Gehenna, which is the word that symbolizes hell. And maybe we'll talk about that. So question, why is it many people don't believe in hell? Why don't they believe in it? Why don't they care about it and think, ah, that's nothing? Well, this is why. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, Paul said, The God of this world, that's Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So why don't people care about the afterlife or think about the afterlife or not concerned about it? Because their minds have been blinded by Satan because they don't believe. And the fact that they don't believe is evidence to that they've been blinded because it is a reality. Okay? It is. So to be blinded is to be convinced that it doesn't exist. So this leads us to the question then, what causes the suffering in hell? We're also going to address the fact of who goes there. That's important.
But what is it that causes the suffering of this reality existence of hell? I can find five categories of suffering in hell. They are number one, social. Number two, emotional. Number three, personal. Number four, physical. And number five, spiritual. Okay? So let's take a look at these. Number one, the social suffering of hell. In Daniel chapter 12, verse 2, Daniel said, Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake. These are all people that have died. These to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. So there are some that will rise and they'll be with God. Others, they'll rise to disgrace. Disgrace means reproach or casting scorn or blame. If they didn't let Jesus atone for their sins, they're going to have to atone for their own. And it's an everlasting contempt by God. It means that they are detested by God. See, right now, God loves everybody. That's why he sent his son, right? God so loved the world, get this now, that he sent his only only begotten son that whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. So those that say, I don't believe in him, I don't need him, they become detestable to God. Because here it is, they're still in their sins. If you fall in a cesspool and don't take a shower, you're detestable. And refusing to let Christ atone for your sins by faith in his work on the cross keeps you in the cesspool, and therefore you're detestable. And that's why God abhors them. Something you abhor is something you turn away from, right? Because it repulses you so much. You turn away from it. You know, this word is used nowhere else in the Bible. That's how bad it is. There's nothing in the Word of God that compares to how awful this is going to be, as this word is never used to describe anything else. That everlasting contempt. Eternal detestation. Wow. Then there's emotional suffering. In Mark chapter 9, verse 48, Jesus is talking about hell. And he uses the illustration of Gehenna, which was a dumping ground in the ancient days. And he said, it's where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Think of a dumping ground like a landfill and it's always burning. The garbage is always burning and it always smells and smoky. And here, the worm that does not die and the fire is not quenched, it speaks of insatiable desires, as the fire never goes out in the Valley of Hinnom. That's where the landfill was. So the desires of these Christ rejectors never die. I mean, you've you've had the desire to eat through hunger, and you satisfied it by eating. Or a desire to drink, uh, to drink through thirst, and you satisfied it by drinking. But here, the desire for lust is never satisfied. 
The desire for sex, the desire for money, is never satisfied. The desire for power or revenge, any desire that an individual had on the earth, is never satisfied in hell. It's always there. It's like you're always craving and never satisfied. It's like a fire that burns and never goes out, or a worm gnawing at the soul. They'll never know contentment. They'll never know cheerfulness or gratification. Not a week, not a day, not an hour, not a minute, not a second. They'll never have relief. Never. Imagine being in an existence where there's no relief, no respite, no break. It's just constant, continual suffering. And to remain in a blinded state is is to reap judgment upon oneself. Thirdly, there is a personal mental kind of suffering that goes on there. In Mark 13, 41, Jesus said, the Son of Man, speaking of himself, will send forth his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all stumbling blocks and those who commit lawlessness, and will throw them into the furnace of fire, and in that place there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It'll be like, no, why did I let this happen? There'll be tremendous regret. There's going to be a lot of regret in hell. You know why? Regret comes when something happens that didn't have to happen. That's why we regret things. It didn't have to happen, but we were careless and we let it happen. Like, oh, I wish I didn't leave my keys in my car. And now my car is stolen. I just ran into the store for a second and came out and my car was gone. That's regret. It didn't have to happen. Oh, I I wish I looked both ways before I pulled out into the street. Boom, the accident. That's regret. Why? It didn't have to happen. You were careless. Oh, I should have listened to my friend when they gave me the gospel and they told me about Jesus. They told me that Christ died for me and I could be forgiven, and I poo-pooed them away. I'm like, oh, I'm happy for you, but I don't need it. I'm okay. I wish I went to church when my friend invited me, but I didn't. I didn't think I needed it. I didn't care about that. I had my own things going. I was happy. I was fulfilled. I had my hobbies. I had my toys. I had my health. I had my whatever, you name it, fill in the blank. And I was content. And then they died. And they were minus the righteousness of Christ. And therefore, as Jesus said, he'll throw them into the furnace of fire with his weeping and gnashing of teeth. It doesn't have to happen. See, no one has to go to hell. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the propitiation for our sins not for ours only, but for those of the whole world. What does that mean, propitiation? It means that he satisfied God with his sacrifice on the cross. And all we had to do was say, 
Yes, I believe Jesus died for my sins and he's my savior and I want to walk with God. And his sins are forgiven. The Bible tells us in Hebrews 2 verse 3, how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How can you escape? If you neglect, if, if you neglect the offer of Christ, how can you escape? Let me tell you something. There are good people that neglect the offer of Christ because they think they don't need it. They think they are good enough. The problem is no one's good enough. No one. So how will we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? In that place, there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Weeping is bitter tears. Not tears from peeling onions. Nothing eye drops can soothe. Bitter tears. And there'll be gnashing of teeth. That means grinding of the teeth. More regret. There's no weeping on the earth that is equivalent to the weeping in hell. That's why we're here talking about it. That's why we put it in the airwaves and on social media. So people can wake up to it and say, hey, I don't want that. I don't want that for me. There's physical suffering. Even though we have a soul, there's going to be some type of physical suffering in hell. When we get to Revelation chapter 21, John said, but for the cowardly and the unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and immoral persons. By the way, those immoral persons, we're going to throw drag queens in there and pedophiles, okay? And murderers, sorcerers, and idolaters. We're going to throw in there fortune tellers and psychics, okay? And all liars, and their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Second death, the first death was separated from our body. The second death was separated from God. And he says it's a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. You know what brimstone is? Sulfur. Originally, the word theon referred to the pitch of trees like the cypress. It was highly flammable. Places touched by lightnings were called thea. Lightning, when it strikes, leaves a sulfurous smell. Do you ever light a book of matches and blow it out? Smell it? It's sulfur. Burns your nose. Makes your eyes water. Sulfur was also used in pagan rituals. So it's like to the ancient pagans. Are you like the smell of sulfur? There'll be plenty of it where you're going. Sulfur is blinding and suffocating. What causes the suffering in hell? Disgrace resulting in great shame, total abhorrence from God, insatiable desires, sorrow and regret, eternal fire and suffocating sulfur. None of these things are any good. And lastly, spiritual suffering. Revelation 21, verse 8. Their part will be in the lake of fire that burns with brimstone, which is the second death, and like I said, total separation from the love of God. 
Total separation. Let me ask you, have you ever lived a season without feeling loved? If you haven't, that's good. But if you have, you know the pain. It didn't feel good. No one loves me. No one cares. No one notices me. No one knows what I'm going through. And we have feelings of rejection and hurt. But thankfully, it's only for a season. But this one here, it's a rejection that lasts forever, the second death. Where there should be love, there is wrath. Where there should be fellowship, there is solitude. Where you should be accepted, there is rejection. Where there would be God, there is nothing. Only banishment and punishment forever. And by the way, it's been said, well, I don't care if I go to hell, all of my friends will be there. It might be true, all of your friends will be there, but you're not going to see them. You know why? It's total blackness. It's a bottomless pit. It's a lake that burns with fire and brimstone. There's no fellowship there. And Satan doesn't rule hell. Satan will be suffering in hell, along with all the other antagonists to Jesus Christ. But like I said, no one has to go. The proud and the arrogant go, but they don't have to. There was a time in Acts chapter 16, verse 30, the Apostle Paul was in a dungeon, a Roman dungeon. And they were singing songs at midnight, though they were beaten and chained. And an angel came and set them free. But they didn't escape. They stayed there. And when the jailer saw it, something happened to his heart. Because the prisoners didn't escape. He said, we're all here. He was going to commit suicide because if he didn't, the Romans would have killed him. And so Paul said, do yourself no harm. He was so moved by the compassion of Paul. He said to him, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Oh, what must I do to be like you? And you know what they said? Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you'll be saved. You and your whole household. Not that your household will be saved, but if they believe too, they'll also be saved. And when we hear that word saved, what are we saved from? We're saved from the wrath of God. We're saved from those, from the judgment that goes on those that said, no, I don't want Christ to atone for my sins. They said no. They refused the offer of salvation. They said no, I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't care about it. So, Because they didn't let Jesus Christ bear their punishment, they have to bear it themselves. Instead of just humbling themselves and believing. And acknowledging when Jesus said, you know what? He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but through me. I'm the one. So we humble ourselves and we say, I'm not good enough. God is perfect. Heaven is perfect. 
You've got to be perfect to live there. None of us are perfect on the earth, but when we accept Christ as Savior, He imparts to us His perfection, His righteousness. And now we have what it takes to dwell with God. There it is. It's a simple act of faith. That's all it is. And those that hate faith, sadly, will experience eternal separation from God. And it's eternal. It's forever. There's no return. There's no getting back. I wish it wasn't like that. I wish it was like, you know what? God just puffed you out and you were gone. But he can't because, you see, your soul is eternal. The soul will live forever. God breathed into Adam the breath of lives. He became alive physically. He became alive spiritually. Therefore, the soul, when he sinned, the spiritual part of him died, but the soul remained. And when we believe in Christ and we become born again, that spirit is renewed in us and we're regenerated. Now, we can live with God. It's really that simple. It really is. Not only is it simple, it's truthful, and it's a win-win situation. It's win. Nobody has to go to hell. They go to hell because they choose to. That's why. They go to hell because they want to do it their way, rather than humble themselves and acknowledge the love of God, because it's through the love of God that he sent his son to atone for the sins of the world. You know, this is one of those messages that needs to go far and wide. We're going to come back next time and talk about those who go there. We'll be more in-depth because I think you might be surprised. (laughs) I think we'll all be surprised that some of the people that arrive in heaven and some of the people that are sent to hell. That's why we want to get this message out as far as possible. Join the Hope Club. Go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar. All the information is there, and we can spread this message through radio, through our podcasts. Had over 100 downloads last week of our podcast. People are loving the Word of God, and they're sharing it with others, I believe, as well. And this is one that needs to be shared. So why not do that? And I'll see you next time for more.